from the Paddock Passion team. Welcome to the Paddock Pod. Hi, and welcome back to Paddock Passion Podcast. Today, it's just the founders on the podcast. So it's myself and AJ. Um, and we will also be joined by Emma Ridgewell later, who is from the Sprint Race Show, and she is our guest for the week. Um, so it's been a busy week with car launches. That's where Ellie is tonight. She works at the F1 Arcade, um, and they are having some watch-alongs for the McLaren launch and also the Aston Martin launch. Um, so what are your thoughts on the car launches so far? Um, hello, everyone. Um, yeah, I think the car launches so far have been kind of, I don't know, the, uh, underwhelming a little bit. I think AlphaTauri won. There was a lot of hype and anticipation um, being New York Fashion Week, uh, based in New York. We thought it would be a big thing. You know, we spoke about it last week that it was going to be, you know, probably a big thing. Um, turned out it was just a YouTube video, two minutes, and then just reveal the car. And that was it, um, which was slightly disappointing. I thought we a little bit more, um, but McLaren's one was uh, thought it was like a it felt like a right presentation, similar to Williams, uh, even though the livery is pretty much the same as last year, just a bit more black on the livery. But I don't know. I just feel like the car launches haven't been they haven't been big, you know. But I suppose this one coming out with Aston Martin. This is feel like this should be the biggest, the big one of them all. See, I love the AlphaTauri launch. I thought um, it was just so different from obviously all the other car launches. It was just a YouTube video. Um, it wasn't even like a live one because it was like a premiere one. Um, but I loved it. It was just a bit of like a mic drop moment. Um, yeah, I kind of was living for it to be honest um because it was so different and they just went completely the other way from like Red Bull who um we know like AlphaTauri is part of the Red Bull family and they just went like the complete opposite way from that so um yeah really interesting to see but yeah I just kind of loved it they just launched the car and did a cool video and that was it and I feel like every F1 fan after the the video finished kind of went oh was that it and then you just had this moment of oh my gosh which I mean gets people talking um I've seen a lot of TikToks about it but yeah I loved it um it was great I thought um completely different I know it's not the typical car launch and some people like the interviews with the team principals and the drivers um and all this stuff but yeah I was kind of living for it just the whole moment that they created with it was um definitely incredible to see um we're actually going to be recording our live reactions for the Aston Martin launch um so yeah you'll be able to hear us in real time what we think um happens you'll, there you'll hear us in real time even though probably when it comes out we'll be like a day or two late so <laughs> yeah. but at least you'll hear general reactions of what the amr 23 is going to look like um from our side so should be interesting but at least someone is happy about the alphatari launch 
I, yeah, I'm, it... just, I'm just not vibing with all the launches we had so far. They're all very different. I think the only one that I'm kind of just accept and sort of happy with was Haas and Williams. Williams's one was okay. It was kind of the same livery, but just a little different. But I think the presentation was like, "Oh, welcome to the launch. Here's the car. Here's the drivers. Boom, 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 boom. There you go. All done and that." And Haas was literally just a tweet, and that's it. Whereas the others were just more presentation, more, uh, more flashes. You know, there was there was a lot more going on. Red Bull was literally doing the whole blooming marketing scheme for 2022 getting everyone involved and then 58 minutes later oh here's the car is ford and 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 the launch and alcatara was just here you go here's the car bye-bye i don't know it's weird mclaren i think mclaren's yeah i think i like a quick launch because i really enjoyed the williams one Uh, that has been one of my favorites and i really enjoyed the alfatari one so i think i just like that quick launch vibe <laughs> that the F1 team seemed to have going on. Uh, well, not all of them, but um, at least Williams and AlphaTauri. But yeah, I don't what, like what? it when it goes on for too long, when there's too many interviews. I'm a bit like, just show me the car. Um, Welcome to every single car launch in history, <laughs> pretty much. Every Rebel one, basically. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, but there's a few, there's still some time until Aston Martin reveal theirs in their new factory. So, yeah, I mean, what can we expect from the Aston Martin? I think, well, I expect it to be green. <laughs> I don't I don't know about you, but I expect it to be green. I think it's, this one's a lot of anticipation because yeah. Fernando Alonso's there. Yeah. And, you know, Fernando Alonso's at the team there's a lot of hype around sort of him coming him coming on board the whole car is apparently 95 percent changed to what it was last year so um it's going to be interesting on what this car looks like i think so we'll have to see how it goes right okay here we go launch is starting um, probably some presentation videos. Imagine it be like, all the, imagine if they just like, "Hello, welcome to the launch." Bang, here's the car. <laughs> no, one, no one asked to mind. But you know, like a like fast that. launch, so I'd love that. Yeah, same as well. Oh, it's in the new factory. I didn't realize that was like off the ground yet. Yeah, it's pretty much nearly built. Oh, I like the little neon lights in the background. Oh yeah, same as well. That's cool. But yeah, this is the new factory that's been built for like the last two or three years. Um, Very cool. Yeah. yeah, when I went to the factory. Why are they all wearing the same outfit? I mean, like, it's there an was a few three men in a black suit, like doing the Simon Cow. Yeah, can't you see all the suits there's like the Aston Martin logo so they've probably, probably got it specially made they look a bit like the Mafia Mafiosa oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh here we go big man himself Lawrence is walking up to the mic oh there we go he's oh, going to be reading on, he's going to be reading on scripts from um from the on the TV 
as he always does, deliver a speech. Can I just say, Lawrence's beard, top work. I love it. I'm loving the look. <laughs> You're loving the beard. <laughs> I'm loving the beard. This is all the beard that you want, you know. See, I think he looks a bit like um, Scott Calvin out of the Santa Claus. You know, when he first starts <laughs> like transitioning into Santa. <laughs> See, this is what Santa does during the off-season. He, he just becomes the CEO of Aston Martin. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, fair play to him. I mean, they Keeps should be busy. a bit faster. Santa's getting around the globe in the night. Hmm. Just... <laughs> oh, my God, those two people are matching in the background. Look, black trousers, white shirt, brown jumper. There's very, it's very, very clear that the dress code here. That was like, <laughs> did they just like have a wardrobe that everyone walked through? There's yeah, a lot of leather um, jackets too. Look at all those people with the white trainers. It's either blazers, jumpers, or Aston Martin merch. You're yeah. only allowed to wear that. Apparently so. Well, Lawrence is done for the year. We won't be seeing him for uh, for any more interviews. Oh, they're sponsored by TikTok. Yeah, they've always been sponsored by TikTok. Oh, I've never noticed that before. Yeah. Why do you think they always do, like, TikTok lives all the time? I just thought they were on it. I just thought they had a good social media person. Well, but yeah, yeah. 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 I think they're one of the first F1 teams to join TikTok. Um, uh, TikTok is great. I think is who runs it. That Jimmy guy, what's his name? Uh, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. works with Aston Martin and does sort of leads on that. Um, but I think he's sort of like he's the lead creator on that. But there's also other people involved in that, as many people, you know, many teams do. Um, but yeah, I think during yeah, Racing Point, they were sort of the first team to sort of go into TikTok. They weren't, they weren't as big as what Aston Martin is now, but they're sort of the first ones are going down that direction where TikTok was well, booming, let's just say the least. Lance doesn't age. Let me just say that. He just doesn't age. I know, yeah. He's he looked the same for like the last four or five years. He has a very good skincare routine. <laughs> His hair <laughs> always stays the same. It's just like, um, it's just always... I don't know. I don't know what the hairstyle is. What phone are they using? That it's a square. Square. Oh, it's an <laughs> iPhone. Apparently, but that doesn't look like an iPhone. Oh dear. Is this what? Is this what Fernando's sort of content he's filming for his TikTok channel is just filming other people talk? Apparently. No, Fernando. This is not how. This isn't the way. Let the experts do it. <laughs> This launch has taken so long, but the graphics look amazing. Right. Well, where's the driver? The drivers have come out, but we still have no car. <laughs> oh, oh my god, this is like actually painful. Oh, here we go. What? Why is Fernando? Why is Fernando running? <laughs> Lance is just walking along. Fernando's just sort of jogging on the spot. Ooh. Oh, here we go. And 
Oh, you're really far behind me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Tell you what, the livery looks nice. The Everyone's are... faces look so disappointed. They're all like, that was oh. a long build up for, for, for not, not a lot. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That, the car looks different. Do you think? A little bit. That's Crofty. Crofty's there. <laughs> Where? I don't see him. It was in the crowd. It was in the crowd. Oh. <laughs> but, I mean, the car looks really good. Whether it's fast or not, that's a different question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could definitely. You was someone's phone different... going off? <gasps> oh, no. Did you hear that? How embarrassing. Well, that's the car, I think. I'm surprised in the height difference between Lance Stroll and Fernando. Yeah, Fernando's quite small. Yeah, because Stroll's not a tall boy, is he? Oh, he's really tall. He's very tall. Yeah, yeah. Um, When I first met him, he was quite a... I had to look up a little bit. Oh, I didn't yeah. think that. Yeah, no. Oh, is it? Where does he fall? Because like, it's Esteban and George at the top, right? Uh, Esteban, George, I think Alex as well. Yeah. And he's he's like Lance is about the same height as Max. So he's like one eight one. I don't know what that means. One eight. In in feet. <laughs> Meet in meet in meters. So one meter eighty one. Yeah, but what does that mean in feet? Like, is that six foot? I don't. I don't know. Well, for the time being, how right? How much longer is this going on for? Because I mean, I mean, we can we can conclude it there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, that's the launch. That was the launch. I mean. Pretty good one. Nice presentation. Mm-hmm. Carly was alright. Right amount of people talking. I think that's everything you need in 30 minutes. So Bloody long. I guess we can yeah. Well, <laughs> too long. Sorry, not not quite alpha not quite alpha tari <laughs> level, isn't it? But um I, I just can't, don't can't... understand why a car launch needs to be more than fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. Like Well, we we can have that discussion another time. All right. <laughs> I guess that's a discussion for next week, but Yeah, exactly. Break down all the car just... launches with Ellie. So now we are joined with Emma Ridgeway. Um so hello, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Um just give us a bit of like a tell me about yourself style. Oh, straight on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the worst thing I could do is actually describe myself. So um, bear with <laughs> Sorry. me for this one. No, all good. Um, so I run a podcast called Sprint Race. Um, it is the two-year anniversary this week. Oh, So um, that, yeah, that went by very, very fast. Um, Sprint Race is my kind of... Well, initially it was my hobby, and I guess it still is because uh, I'm not like 
you know, this is not my full time job. This is very much just uh, something that I, I do because I love uh, motorsports. Um, I've been a huge fan of motorsports, particularly Formula One, since I was about 15 years old. And that happened to be uh, Hamilton's first ever season in Formula One. I'm totally telling you my age now, but <laughs> I've pretty much followed Formula One since Hamilton's debut. And yeah, a couple of years ago in the midst of the pandemic, during another lockdown, um, I started making a podcast and that has been very much the thing I do almost every single weekend now um, outside of my normal nine to five job. So, yeah, that's me. Um, I also live in London and I'm often, especially over the last few months, have been extremely cold recording these podcasts. It's just been the worst here. So, <laughs> yeah, that's Lovely, thank you. So yeah, you touched on that um, you got into F1, um, obviously Hamilton's first year, um, but would like, is that how your motorsport journey started, would you say, or would you kind of say that you really got into it at a certain age? Um, how did like your motorsport journey start? It was, uh, it actually all revolved around Hamilton's sort of introduction into Formula One. I am a really big uh, football fan and I'm someone who grew up in uh, in Manchester, in the red half of Manchester. And so normally my weekends are like religiously, um, you know, the football, the Premier League, whatever's going on there. And around that time, 2007, 2008, Man United were completely dominating so it was a very nice time for me um I remember getting towards the end of a football season which is like May and it being the Monaco Grand Prix weekend um I remember sitting down to watch that race and that being the very first Formula One race that I ever watched because as with a lot of sports you find that you tend to watch that sort of one-off, right? You, you may not watch sports, but you'll watch Wimbledon or you'll watch the World Cup final or you'll watch the Monaco Grand Prix. That was my very first like introduction to Formula One. Um, I absolutely loved it and I absolutely despised Alonso after it, <laughs> which is a, a terrible thing to say, but I just remember being horrified at this. I was like, oh my God, this this young British driver is being like snubbed of his first win by his teammate. What is going on here? Um, disclaimer, I am a huge Fernando Alonso fan now, uh, but at the time I was like, what is going on? Uh, and then the next race was uh, Canada uh, and then he won. And that was it. I was completely hooked at that point. I think later that year, my parents went to the British Grand Prix without me. And I was so angry at them. <laughs> I'm like, I am now a big motorsports fan and you've gone to the British Grand Prix without me. Uh, so, yeah, and I've, I've followed it pretty much since. And I don't I feel like uh, I don't feel like I've missed a race since then, but. Wow. yeah it's just dominated it's completely dominated um since that time and it's all Hamilton and Alonso's fault 
love the de- loving the dedication. Similar yeah. here, Alice can be vouched for that. For that, you know, I can't miss a Grand Prix or anything like that. Um, you said earlier that it's coming up to your two-year anniversary of your podcast, which sounds very exciting. Um, what inspired you to get to get into the world of podcasting and create uh, the show that you run now? It was a real mixture of not being able to find what I was looking for at a time where it's in the off season and, you know, I'm looking for content, I'm going online and I'm like, I just, funny enough, uh, we were talking about it earlier, I just want to know about the launches. I just want to know what cars they've brought out. And especially after 2020, which was a really difficult year for Formula One, uh, no fans allowed. It felt like the first time they were actually getting back to being a little bit more public facing. And so I was looking for people who had maybe gone to the launches, uh, people who like, were posting about these things, and I couldn't find anything. Um, I'm sure that there was stuff out there, but what I was looking for was something really, really specific. Uh, I'm a big fan of like short form in general. I do love to put on a 90 minute podcast and have it on in the background while I'm you know, doing everything around my house. But I was almost looking for like a news bulletin style. And I was, uh, I actually bought a microphone around this time. I think, again, I probably got drawn in by like uh, an Amazon like Prime Day or something. <laughs> it happens like, to the best of us. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's a really nice microphone. Uh, a couple of my friends do like audio and video recording. And they were like, yeah, get this microphone. So I had it. And I made it. And funny enough, in kind of preparation for this interview, I listened back to that episode today for like the first time in, well, two years, because uh, I hate listening back to them. I, I listened back to correct. That's it. One off. Uh, no mistakes. Make sure it's all OK. And then it goes out into the world. And I never want to hear my own voice again. <laughs> but especially that first episode. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, especially that first one. I, the sound quality is it's it's not the best. I'll be honest. <laughs> so yeah, I made it kind of out of chance. I uh, shared it with just some friends at first, and then I found it very fun to do. And I'm sure you both feel the same. You've been doing this for a similar amount of time, I believe. I mean, ours well, is two uh, months, not two, two months, years. Not quite two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. But um, no, no, I agree with you on that. I think, you know, when you first start doing it, it's like, oh, you, you have have a sense of like, you think you know what you're doing and all that. But gradually over time, you sort of build sort of like an understanding more and sort of build a style into that, which I think, you know, we're, we're six episodes in or something and we've sort of gotten that into the format of, doing interviews having three people on rather than cramming in as many people from our team to <laughs> into a podcast or something right but um yeah but that's really that's really interesting i think a lot of people are doing podcasts now aren't they i think that's sort of like 2022 2023 is the year that people are starting to do a lot more podcasting it's kind of like how tiktok you know during lockdown people just sort of made that switch yeah. to tiktok and now everyone's sort of want to do more podcasting want to listen to more and that it's uh 
really fascinating how it's grown, isn't it? Yeah, I, I was reading about um, podcasts. I can't remember the statistic exactly off the top of my head, but I think it's like the the vast majority, I think 75% don't make it past like 20 episodes or something. And I feel a little bit like cheeky in this regard because my episodes are very, very short. So in terms of like time that I've put out in, in the world physically, um, it's much shorter than, for example, this podcast. You've got to do a lot more kind of post-production than I would normally do. Uh, and that's pretty much how it's it's had to be. But I think also I've had to sort of adjust for the extended season as well. Like the first year that I did it, I think there was maybe 19 races. And I think I did 19 episodes that year and I was absolutely exhausted by the end of it. Uh, the year after, um, the season just kept getting longer and longer and this year again as well. It's so difficult to be able to do it regularly. And so my kind of cheat is to do it shorter. Plus that's how I like to consume things anyway, a la TikTok. Um, but I really like appreciate the the podcast that people are putting out there that are a lot longer, have a lot more information, have interviews. Um, I'm a big fan of those for sure. Cool. Um, so yeah, um, I guess moving on to Formula E, how did your Formula E journey start? Um, what do you love about Formula E? I know myself, I got into it last year as I went to the race in London and that was super cool and this year we're heading off to Monaco which is going to be like totally different experience I feel um so yeah how did your Formula E journey start what do you love about it uh Formula E is uh I think has gone on such a journey over the last nine seasons and I like to look at it and see it's a really nice example of uh how far you can come and I think initially it was kind of seen as this sort of like B-side sport, you know, this um, this sort of single track that you see on like a CD that the artist doesn't release. It kind of reminded me of that. Um, but nowadays, nowadays, I don't think it is that. And I'm glad that you enjoy it. And I'm glad that a lot of people are enjoying it as well. Um, Formula E has always been interesting to me. I've watched it pretty much for the last five years or so. But I really didn't expect to be allowed to go. Um, that was a big surprise. And I found out that I was allowed to go to Monaco last year as media about a week before it happened. Um, and up until that point, I think I, I applied for it around about Christmas. And then I completely forgot about it, followed the season just as a fan, found out that I was going. And then since then, it's just been this kind of, okay, I'm now part of this world as well as a fan of it. And it completely changes your perception of uh, of the sport, being able to see it in that way. And I didn't think I could love it as much as I did, but it's, it's amazing. Um, I remember the very first race being in Battersea in London and it not really like having the success that I think that it wanted. Obviously it had two cars back then, but the Gen 2 car really, really nailed it. 
I think. Um, so I love the sustainability side. I love that drivers are now like using it to prove their worth. Like mm -hmm. Nick DeFries, for example, he's gone back to form, you know, he's gone to Formula One after winning in Formula E. I think it's seen as a real like good option for a lot of drivers. Um, plus, this is a very like it's probably, I probably shouldn't say this, but I really hate loud noises. <laughs> I know it's very strange <laughs> liking motorsports, but I'm absolutely terrified of the sounds of like super loud racing cars. Whenever I go to like a race, I normally have like, you know, very good earplugs. Yeah. Uh, Formula E, I went to Monaco and I brought earplugs and I felt so stupid because there's, <laughs> there's nothing. You don't need them at all. So it's quite nice being able to walk through the garage and not feel like you're going to be terrified by a super loud noise. Um, I do, I should say, I do like the noises, but I do need earplugs for normal motorsports. So yeah, I'm similar. Like I even Formula E, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> so like, I'm very glad they haven't made it to an F1 race yet because I feel like I'm going to be so hyper aware of all the sounds. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely feel you with that. Um, I, and he, I remember, he, sorry. No, and even uh, when I speak to friends about Formula E, um, I've got a few friends in my office that I work in um, in F1, and I'm like, oh, have you got into Formula E yet? And they're like, oh, I don't know how I would feel about not having the noise of the car. Like, this seems to be someone's main concern, but I feel like you don't if you're just watching it on TV anyway, you don't really gauge a sense of that, um, I don't feel. And after a while, you just kind of forget about the noise, I find, and you just get into the racing like you would any motorsport. Yeah, I mean, there is still power there. Um, there was a point uh, in Monaco where, because I don't have, like, a photographer or anything, I do, um, I take some of the photos by myself, I do some of the videos, I was trackside, uh, just as they come out of the tunnel in Monaco, they go round the bend and then they go straight down uh, just before they get, you know, just before they turn left and go to the swimming pool. And I was at the end of that straight and I had my phone and I was stood about a meter back from the gap in the fence. And it was after, I think, a safety car. So all the cars were bunched up. The rush of these cars going full speed down that road and they're essentially coming towards you as well I remember holding my phone and being like, like basically praying I was like please <laughs> let everything be okay because it's terrifying these are these are Formula E cars um after experiencing that and I feel like I'm a little bit of a, a scaredy cat in that regard I don't think I could ever go trackside in Formula One the speed the power the rush it would be too much and I have a huge amount of admiration for photographers and camera crews who are trackside in F1 it is it's crazy so the speed is still there in Formula One mm -hmm. you feel it and it's pretty incredible yeah I think like the tracks if you haven't been trackside with Formula One before you get a real sense of the speed um haven't necessarily done it with Formula E as of yet but when we went to London we still found the cars were quite 
quite loud, even though it was indoors. Of course, it's gonna, these noises are going to be more louder. But I'd found that it was like a lot louder than than expected. You, right. You you hear like stories, like hear people saying, "Oh, they're quite quiet and all that." But like even then, when we were flat out down the straight, it was quite quite loud, wasn't it, Alice? So mm-hmm. um, it was a uh, little surprise there. Um, so obviously you went to Monaco, been in the paddock. Um, what was that like? Did you get any like interesting stories from the drivers, anything like that? It's a really interesting place to be because I feel like Formula E is a lot more kind of open in terms of guests. Uh, there's definitely some like conversations around the amount of access that people get in Formula One, for example, because it's very dangerous. But I don't feel like they have that problem in Formula E. And so they're much more open to allowing, like, uh, you know, if you have like a a VIP pass or whatever. Um, So there was a lot more people in the paddock than I expected, uh, pretty much all the time as well. And that made it quite nice. It made it quite friendly. Every time I went into, like, to stand in front of a garage uh the crews would kind of stand out of the way and let me take pictures things like that uh it feels like it to me the atmosphere felt incredibly friendly it felt like everyone was happy for me to to photograph them to speak to them um the neo garage they they kind of like dragged me inside they were like wait stay there I'll go get Dan and they, they brought like Dan Tickton down and like poor Dan I don't think he quite knew what was going on they just sort of made him like stand next to me and they just sort of took his picture and then he just sort of walked off felt bad about that but I feel like it's a lot more friendly and of course in Formula E they do the the meet and greets as well they do the um the autograph signings and they take pictures with all the fans so in London, I thought that was really nice, being there for that, being able to um, take some photos of that. When I was in Monaco, there was this really nice moment where the women of the Venturi team all had a photograph taken together. Um, they all kind of came out and started, stood in front of the garage. For them, it was a home race, because um, at the time, Venturi were based out of Monaco. and it was one of those things that wasn't quite planned, just happened to be there at the right place at the right time. And there was a lot of like, laughter and joy as uh, as they were, you know, all trying to get photos, they were trying to get them in order. The photographers realized what was going on and people were like running down the pit lane. Uh, so that was a really, a really nice moment to be able to be there for that. Yeah, I feel like definitely for a fan as well, when we went to London, we did the pit lane walk with the meet and greets. Um, and personally I couldn't walk too far because I had horrendous blisters like I honestly could the not the XL walk. is massive isn't it's, it it's more and I was in trainers and I'd walked around London before and I don't know what happened but it oh it was a horrendous time because you also have to walk like up that bridge and down so then there's like stairs involved and I remember sitting on like these white blocks that were like in the pit lane I was just sat there and the security guard was like are you okay and I was like oh my partner's gone to get autographs but I actually cannot walk because I've got like horrendous blisters so just gonna sit here and he was like okay and he spoke to me and it felt like a really nice 
friendly atmosphere and he was like make sure you go to the first daydream I was like I will <laughs> it was uh yeah it was very nice even though I could not walk <laughs> like yeah but um yeah it, I agree that like it does feel like a really nice and friendly atmosphere um yeah and yeah if anyone's going to a Formula E race I would definitely recommend signing up to that because I know there were some people in London that were a bit disappointed that you had to pre-book so <laughs> make sure you check that out um because obviously there's limited time and stuff um but yeah if you are on it definitely sign up to that because it's a really cool experience you get to see people up close and we saw Nick DeFries and I was shocked how petite of a man he is because I know drivers are small <laughs> but I remember seeing him and was like he is tiny like you know when someone's just tiny like they're just a tiny person I was like oh my goodness he is yeah petite he is um I I I spoke to him a couple of times and he's a really nice guy but you're right he's sort of like seeing these drivers in real life for the first time I found I had all these sort of oh I thought you'd be taller or I thought you'd be shorter (laughs) oh I thought you'd be um I don't know I thought you'd be like a lot more harsh but actually you're just having a really good day like yeah I think meeting them in real life is the best way um who did you you said you got to meet Nick DeFreeze did you meet anyone else um feel like between the two of us we met everyone apart from two of the drivers oh wow um, well done. we got we got a formula e hat and yeah correct me if i'm wrong wrong aj but yeah we got all but two of the drivers to at least sign it and say hello to um yeah i think there was two everyone was out in the signing but i think there was two that were missing um yeah it's, i can't remember who was on top of my head i think i did it did a tiktok of it so i could just look back on the names and that but yeah the cap is on display um pretty much it was on display really with like loads of signatures around but um nice need to take out to monaco and get get those two missing signatures if they're still around (laughs) (laughs) well i've seen a lot of the drivers that um maybe didn't get a seat are still around like uh oliver is it oliver askew I'm trying to remember now, is a commentator for this year. And um, Oliver Turvey is also the reserve driver for Diaz Penske. I think one of the few drivers who is very much like gone from Formula E completely is probably Giovinazzi, which is a shame because I think a lot of people liked him. Mm. Um, but I haven't seen him at all in uh, in the paddock. Yeah, I guess speaking of this year, what do you make um, of the new Gen 3 cars? Um, that was something new this year for Formula E. Uh, what are your thoughts on them? Uh, so I think one of the few people who actually really likes the way that it looks. Um, I studied graphic design at university a long time ago and uh, I'm by no means an expert because I didn't actually end up working in that field. I got the degree and then I never went back to it. But I do appreciate good design and I feel like the kind of arrowhead look of the Gen 3 car is really, really nice. I like it because it tried to be unique. It tried to be completely different 
from Formula One, which I think the Gen 2 car was an electrical version of. It was, okay, we have a design from F1, um, how do we just put a battery in it? That's what that looked like to me. And that's why I think we were quite familiar with it and you know, why we appreciated it. So I do actually like the design. In Monaco last year, they launched it just before the weekend at the Yacht Club. And I one of the first questions I asked the drivers was, what do you think of it? And they all went, I don't like how it looks. Um, I don't know if that's changed. As I said, I think I'm one of the few, but like image-wise, I love it. What I don't like, I know you didn't ask me about the branding, but what I don't like is that Formula E then changed its branding away from that sort of angled text <laughs> towards the sort of curved one, like the new yeah. logo. And I'm like, hang on, you've just released a car that matches your branding and now you've changed your branding. Yeah. So that annoyed me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Um, I actually quite like the sort of Chevron mm-hmm. branding from last year and the old logo right the logo that you've got on your cap is a really good solid mm-hmm. logo um I wish that Formula E hadn't changed the tires and the car because we don't yet know how fast it's going to be or we do know in theory and we know the you know the kilowatts I think it's 350 maximum but at the moment, the sector times, the lap times are matching and or uh, and are a little bit slower than last year's car. And they think that that's down to the new tyre. Like in science, you know, when you do an experiment, you tend to change one variable mm-hmm. and then test it. Formula E have changed two pretty fundamental things and after all of the advertisements around how fast it's going to be, I feel like it's probably going to be a couple of years of development, particularly with the new Hankook tyre, to make that car the kind of top speed and to be so much faster than what we're seeing now. So overall, I'm happy with it, but I think there's going to be a lot of development over the next few years. Yeah, yeah I agree. Super interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting how it all develops this year and whether how it all goes around that. Um, speak slightly off topic from Formula E. Um, of course, you've been obviously involved in Formula E, but also you've been involved with the Autosport Awards and been to a couple of events over the past year or two. What was it like attending to um, the to the awards night and being around so many recognisable figures in the motorsport world? I mean, Sebastian Vettel was there last year. You've got the big names in the world of Formula One, rallying and all that. What was it like being being around them for the evening? Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Uh, I'd done the podcast for a whole season and I... I don't know why I did it. It must I <laughs> I remember the end of 2021 um remembering that the Autosport Awards should have happened. I I always know that it's in December. I always go and read about it. So I know that it's there. Um I saw on this one random night that it had been postponed because of the pandemic. They postponed it by like 6 weeks or something and I don't know what fathomed me to 
like contact them but I just did and I was like hi can I go (laughs) and initially they said no and then a week later they were like oh but you can I think they thought like can I go to the awards can I go and Mm -hmm. sit in and, and, and enjoy the you know the party and stuff um they were like oh you mean as like media yeah sure and oh, wow. yeah I, I I can't remember what I sent them to prove that I was like you know credible um <laughs> I feel like it, I feel like it was probably not enough looking back but for whatever reason they they said yes and uh I arrived and I got there early and I remember the only people there were me and Sky Sports. And I was just like, like, <laughs> chill. It's okay. You know Craig Slater from TV. He's a really nice guy. And for, for the first sort of hour, I was absolutely terrified. The first person that showed up was Karun Chandok. And I was like, okay, I know Karun, he's an interviewer himself. I feel like I could do this. And I sort of, I I had a question in mind. I asked him and then I immediately just sort of stepped away and I went, oh my God, you've just interviewed Karun Chandok. Okay, (laughs) great. Now you can go, carry on from here. And that was pretty much the rest of the evening. Um, That night in particular was so amazing because the likes of Alex Albon came through, Oscar Piastri came through, and I ended up meeting um, someone who is now one of my best friends. Her name is Helena Hicks, and she runs the Females in Motorsport channel. She came up to me right at the end, and because uh, it was, I think, 11.30 or 11 o'clock or whatever, and I'm saying that, no, that's completely untrue. It was like, eight o'clock but I feel like it you know hours <laughs> went by <laughs> I remember it being sort of dark cold winter and we were being sensible so we were like let's get the tube home together we did we made friends and like she's a really really close friend now and actually a lot of the uh a lot of the encouragement since that point has been through her which is great so I feel like that night really kind of opened up, um, it really opened up my confidence when it came to interviewing. After that, after that list of people, I would like look down at like my notes and be like, okay, you have quotes from Formula One drivers and presenters and team bosses. Like now it all feels easy mm-hmm. after that point. And it did. And it felt, I had to remind myself whenever I'd feel like that again, I'd look back at like a picture where I'm like photobombing Christian Horner and be like, that's you. So you relax, you can chill. So yeah, that was a real, it was absolutely terrifying before it started. Um, But I don't think I slept that night. (laughs) You just on such a high. Such a high. That's so nice. Um, but yeah, you kind of mentioned how you met your friend through motorsport. Um, what has your experience been as a woman in motorsport, um, both good and maybe some bad times? Um, I know we've all had them. I think any female fan or woman like involved in motorsport has kind of had that. Um, so yeah, what has your experience been like? I feel like 
this industry is so hard to crack and at times the 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 hardest person in terms of me being a you know a woman in this industry has been like myself comparing myself to other people who are succeeding a lot of them being men and being really frustrated at why why can't I have that opportunity why can't I be in that position being like I, I you know I feel like I'm as good as that or I feel like I'm maybe better in that regard uh, and not feeling like uh, and feeling like maybe I didn't get the opportunity because of that um, so that has been a real frustration for me and I've had to kind of unlearn comparison because even compared to you know maybe guys that have made it maybe guys that have got gotten jobs over me um guys that have gotten opportunities over me I have to kind of remember what I've done and I have to remember again like I have to look at my own list and when I started this if you'd have told me that I would have done these things, how would I have felt? I would be incredibly happy. So that's kind of how I've dealt with it. Uh, going to Formula uh, Formula E events, there is a huge amount of women working in there. If not on the, you know, obviously on track, there are, there are no women, but in the garages, uh behind the scenes in the marshals i saw so many female marshals on the track so many female photographers in and around the paddock um so many female engineers mechanics strategists uh people working for formula e directly so i didn't feel like a minority i actually felt really like in the right place mm-hmm. which was which is perfect. Um, I haven't been kind of behind the scenes at Formula One. I've heard from people that since like the W series, uh, it's gotten a lot better, but you know, there's still so much to do. Uh, and I, I don't know what's gonna happen with the W series. I really hope that it's able to get funding because without it, I think that I feel like it'll just be a little bit worse this year. Yeah, I really like what you said about Formula E because that's definitely something that I noticed from when we did our little pit walk that there was like a lot of women about, um, especially to what I've kind of seen on TV and um, views of like the F1 paddocks. There seemed to be like a lot more women about um, in Formula E. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I def- yeah, definitely agree on that side um, for sure. I think obviously, yeah, was, as Alice said, on Formula E, it's more presence with women and that, and hopefully in the future, um, obviously with the future of the W Series is a little bit unclear, but hopefully that will get funded and be able to continue. Obviously, we've got F1 setting up F1 Academy, which hopefully will yeah. build it, build a step closer to getting female drivers into. The next step, whether that be car in GTs or Formula Three, etc. Hopefully right. that would that will happen soon. Hopefully that will be the right path, and hopefully soon that. But um, of course, we're into 2023. Um, we've started a podcast. You're continuing on with your podcast two years 
when you started. Um, what can we expect in the future from your show and from yourself in uh, 2023? I I love that question because I I haven't had a plan <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> uh, the last year especially went by so fast uh, that being able to kind of go to events and stuff this year my goal is to try and get more in-person interviews in Formula E I didn't do any or I don't think I included any of the interviews that I took last year informally in my podcast so I want to do that I think one of the great things about when I did the Autosport Awards was I learned, you know, you talked at the beginning about formats and learning and understanding how to build an episode. I felt like I was finally comfortable with an interview format that I now want to do that. And I now want to be able to include some Formula E specific episodes with driver interviews. And that will mean that when I go, I tailor what I'm asking and I actually frame it in mind of I'm going to record this and I'm going to use it I'm planning to follow the Formula One season uh but very much from afar because that is uh again I think it's just so difficult to get in and as I said before I think that maybe initially I would have been frustrated about that but totally okay with that now I'm hopefully going to like one or two events uh this year which would be nice but I think in terms of interviewing, in terms of like content production, I'm actually really happy putting all of my effort into Formula E and then making my Formula One side much more about you know, being a fan, being someone who enjoys watching it, wants to have an opinion on it, wants to be able to talk about it, maybe explain some of it but I'm not putting pressure on myself to like try and be in the paddock uh, because I think that that is, I think it's unrealistic, but I'm not saying that in a really pessimistic way. I think it's just the reality of, of that sport, but I'm completely okay with it. I look at the last year. Again, I didn't know about Monaco until the week before. So I'm kind of worried as to what I might find out like maybe like a few days before some crazy thing happens so yeah that's I guess my plan for the year there'll be a lot of small episodes and very excited I'm very very excited for the new Formula One season as well yeah. so excited yeah, yeah I, it feels like a very long winter break <laughs> it does <laughs> It's been dark. It's been cold. It's been sad. Lots of living, like yeah. all the things. <laughs> it's been a lot of things. Uh, but yeah, very glad that we have Formula E to kind of fill that hole as well, because obviously that's back on now. Um, and yeah, we're really excited to see what happens for you this year. We'll definitely be keeping track um, and keeping a close eye on um, Sprint as well. Um, Thank you. So, yeah, so thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. We've loved having you. Um, any final words from you, AJ? Um, not, not from my side, but, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we've loved the content that you've produced, and we're looking forward to see what comes out uh, for this year. And hopefully 
touch wood from our side we'll be there in Monaco well we're going anyway um whether we'll get media accreditation we'll find out soon enough but we'll be there either way but um hopefully we we'll, hopefully we'll meet you in person in the paddock or anywhere else and uh in the motorsport world but um no thank you very much for um taking the time to uh, be chatting with us oh thank you so much for having me thanks for the questions and i have no doubt that we will cross paths in real life uh which feels so strange in this um digital world nowadays but i i one thing i have definitely learned is that the motorsport world is very very small so i have absolutely no doubt that we will see each other in real life at some point absolutely yeah but, uh, but thank you so much for coming on and uh yeah um we'll keep we'll keep in touch keep progress keep an eye on your progress and uh who knows who knows we'll see each other <laughs> well it was lovely to talk to you both thank you so much to emma for coming on the paddock passion podcast Make sure to go check her podcast out, which is the Sprint Race Podcast. Myself, Ellie and AJ will be back next week to discuss car launches. Um, and Ellie can also fill us in on the F1 Arcade car launch party and how that all went. But for now, this is everything. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye.